is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. Pompey's five-game unbeaten run comes to a crashing end at Oakwell. Norwood's in behind again, there's a chance for Barnsley, the angle's against him. Norwood, cross the field, and in! And Devontae Cole has slid in and put it into the roof of the net. Barnsley three, Portsmouth one. A cold-blooded defeat for the Blues in midweek as a Barnsley side in form that can only be described as barking mad sends the Blues home empty-handed. We'll hear the post-match assessment of John Lucino before seven. That's probably the first time in my 11 games here where I felt a bit disappointed with the reaction to the goal. As well as analysing the key moments from Tuesday night, we will also be catching up with Pompey Community CEO Claire Martin, who collected her MBE earlier this week. She recalls the brilliant response her team had at the start of the COVID-influenced lockdown back in 2020 to provide the community with the essentials required to keep going. The fact that we managed to sort of facilitate that so quickly and the way that the Pompey and the community staff just came together, all volunteered, all just got on with it. And as we prepare for tomorrow's visit of Sheffield Wednesday to Frasson Park, as does Portsmouth Women's Development Manager Molly Small, who talks about this weekend's Her Game 2 dedicated fixture. Her Game 2 campaign is huge and having links to professional clubs means that everyone is starting to get educated in that football and sport is for all. And the more clubs that get involved, the more this gets promoted. And we'll hear once more from the Blues boss, who later on will be discussing what needs to be done to try and get back to winning ways. There's just a load of work to do, to be honest. There's been a limited amount of time to, to actually get out on the training pitch and, and work with the boys. And so credit to them in terms of the performances over the past few weeks because it's just been um, the lads going and going again. All of the build-up to tomorrow's clash with the league leading Owls at PO4, as well as plenty more from the panel of three here at Express FM. Over the course of another 60 minutes of passionately pompy discussion, this is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and the warmest of welcomes to the Football Hour here on the only radio station proud to represent the great waterfront city of Portsmouth, Express FM. This season, the Football Hour is brought to you in association with Stagecoach Across the South, providing plenty of support through Hampshire and across the South Coast with frequent, reliable and affordable services throughout the region. You can visit stagecoachbus.com for more. OK, so coming up on the show this evening, I'll be joined once more by two more Pompey voices to go over all of the big talking points from the Blues' latest fixture, as well as previewing the next two. And as ever, between now and seven, we're keen to hear from you tuning in back home as well. Did Tuesday's defeat at Oakwell all but confirm Pompey's status in League One for another season? Were you already consigned to another year in this division, even prior to that result? And what do you 
think the score will be between Pompey and Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park this weekend. All the usual ways. It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. But before we go any further and before I welcome in my two guests for this evening's conversation, a reminder of how it all went down at Oakwell on Tuesday night. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Here we go then, Portsmouth against Barnsley, live on Express FM. Kane gets it back for Cole, it's in the penalty area, there's danger here, and Barnsley almost forced an opener inside the first minute, but Macy gets down to save. Oh dear, that's a poor ball, it's intercepted, Phillips has read it, and there's danger for Portsmouth, and Norwood's free if he can be found, and Norwood is found, and Norwood scores, and Barnsley take the lead, and Joe Morrell's mistake is ruthlessly by Barnsley left footed finish by Norwood back across the goalkeeper into the bottom corner it's Barnsley 1 Portsmouth 0 space on the right hand side chance for a cross to come in Cadden's over there left footed shot into the back of the net it's a brilliant effort from Nicky Cadden the left wing back found himself on the right wing and he's cut in field and he sent a curling effort past Matt Macy into the back of the Portsmouth net it's Barnsley 2, Portsmouth 0, a serious mountain to climb now. Raggett for Portsmouth takes a touch and goes infield to Lowry. Oh, he's turned himself into trouble and Luca Connell's won it for Barnsley and he struck one just wide from 20 yards. Corner, deep, uh, deep towards the far post, three header down and Macy saves, loose and then is he going to fall on the ball? He does. Half time, Barnsley 2, Portsmouth 0. And Bishop helps it on and finds Rafferty and can Pompey get the ball in Barnsley's penalty and they can and Bishop can score. Rafferty's cross, a fine Colby Bishop header, completely free in the area. He made no mistake of that one and Pompey are right back in this game. Barnsley 2, Portsmouth 1. And it's Jacob. Oh, Norwood's in behind again. There's a chance for Barnsley. The angle's against him. Norwood cross the field and in. Whips it deep towards the far post, punched half away, chance for Thompson, and that's a brilliant save, it's still in the six-yard box and put in the net, but the whistle has gone for a handball, and Portsmouth goal that would have come virtually on the full-time whistle is disallowed, it's still 3-1. Portsmouth, impressive recent run, has come to an end here at Oakwell, they've been beaten by Barnsley, three goals to one. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we are then, the highlights of Tuesday's 3-1 defeat for Pompey away at Barnsley at Oakwell. It'll be third defeat for John Mussino as Pompey boss. Let's take a look at some of the other results from across the division in midweek. A few games on, uh, as well as, of course, Barnsley 3, Pompey 1. There was Cambridge United 1, Morecambe 1, Cheltenham 0, Lincoln City 0, Ipswich Town 3, Accrington Stanley 0, Peterborough United 2, Shrewsbury Town 1, Wickham Wanderers 2, Fleetwood Town 0, and Plymouth Argyle 2, Derby County 1. A big turnaround there at Home Park as Plymouth Argyle reinstate, or, or rather keep their place in the top two of 
the division. So as it stands, Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth locked on 74 points at the top of the division, though it's Wednesday the leaders uh, with two games in hand on Argyle. In the playoffs, it's currently Ipswich in third, Barnsley fourth, Bolton Wanderers fifth and Derby County in sixth position. Pompey remain in tenth place with 51 points, 10 points behind the playoff positions with a game in hand on Derby County in sixth. Down at the bottom, Forest Green Rovers uh, remain rooted to the uh, bottom of the table. They've got 23 points. Cambridge United, MK Dons and Morecambe make up the remainder of the current drop zone as things stand here in League One. Right, time to welcome in my two guests for this evening's conversation. And usually we'd do this after a 4-0 win. But it hasn't quite ended up that way, has it, Tom Chapel? Good evening. Four goals. Four goals. That's true. So that's the yeah. reason, isn't it? Every cloud. Every cloud. And we had pre-booked this before the Barnsley game. So We had, yes. I'm not sure whether that was blind hope. Mm, I think it probably was, yeah. But Perhaps. we did it anyway. We did so. it anyway. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Thank you very much for coming in. That's um, all right. and, you know, who knows? We're previewing Sheffield Wednesday at home. We are. That could be a 4-0. Yeah, the wrong way it could be. It could, yeah, I'm not saying to who. <laughs> yeah, no, it could be four 0 Yeah, it could. Be, it could be, but you know, we we we've we've got to keep fighting, haven't we? That's that's what we've got to keep doing. And it's not just Tom from the four 0 written all over at YouTube channel. We've got him a show this evening. We've also got Brendan Tutty. Brendan, good evening. Uh, good evening, Jake. Thanks for having me on the show again. We've got the full compliment. Oh yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah, got to be done. Definitely. Is, is that a good thing? A bad thing? It's a good omen. Is it? Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good omen. Right, let's start off with Tuesday then. Um, we, we've got to talk about it. Tom, 3-1 defeat to Barnsley at Oakwell. Um, one of those kind of games, we went there, we knew what kind of form Barnsley had been heading into kickoff, and they really showed Pompey why they are in the playoff positions, why they don't lose at home, why they've won X amount of games in the last however many. Yeah. A test too much for, for John Messina's side? I think it came a little bit too soon in terms of a place to go and, and go and try and, and dominate as we needed to to win the game and it felt like a game we needed to win. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to go anywhere in League One and be two goals down within, what, 20-25 minutes Oakwell is probably very low down, if not the lowest down place on the list mm. bar Hillsborough and, and Home Park. So yeah, I think, it, I'm, I think it may have been a little bit too early to chuck Tom Lowry in from the start. I think too many players had off days. Morel was pretty poor considering the standards that he set for, for his performance and I'm Joe Morrow's biggest fan but I, I thought he, he wasn't he wasn't at it um, and I, I thought that kind of transcended across the team really and when you have that many players on off days as we did on Tuesday night you're always facing an uphill battle yeah absolutely um, let, let's talk about the first Barnsley goal Brendan uh, you've got the, the job oh. of going through that one with us um, the, the ball put into the back of the net eventually as Tom mentioned there Joe Morrell bit of an off day for him he gave the ball away initially in midfield trying to start an attack for Pompey that is in itself a rarity mm. um, and then it's of course Barnsley countering um, utilising that well um, there's a position left on the right hand side where Joe Rafferty would be but he was initially trying to support the attack and, and overlap the run with Joe Morrell on the right hand side um, many are pointing the finger towards Sean Raggett for his positioning where do you like with that one? Yeah, I, I think we look at it from the start of it. So Joe Morrell's trying to play ball across the pitch from the centre of it out to the left to Ogilvy. Um, obviously, then Rafferty's down the fast on the opposite side trying to, you know, mm. aid the attack. Um, it was cut out. Honestly, it was a very silly pass to play, I think, for Morrell. I don't like going backwards, but sometimes backwards is better than going than losing the ball. Um, and then they've pounced. Uh, he's outrun Towler. 
Um, and then Raggett's come racing across where he didn't really need to because Towler was really on his tail. So then Raggett's shifted across to try and block and then he's left Norwood in the acres of space. Rafferty's nowhere to be seen because he was forward of the pitch. And yeah, just he slid it past um, Macy and Macy had no chance really. And if you're going to give a player like James Norwood um, that much space in the box, Tom, you're going to be punished. It doesn't matter how much quality of your position have got, what kind of form they're in. Ultimately, that was um, the, the master of Pompey's own downfall, really, that goal. Yeah, it was. It's you, you never, as you say, you never want to give James Norwood any time in the box. And I think the, the breakdown in possession for Pompey comes at a really bad time. Brennan's mentioned it there. Joe Rafferty's so high, everyone's out of position. You're always going to be back-footed, and, and when a team's going to, you know, going on the counter as they were, then then we're always going to be at a disadvantage. And yes, don't give it to him. And you know, the, the second one's a fantastic effort as well. Let's not take away from the finish, but at the same time, that's, that's another defensive frailty from us. And actually, the third one is, you know, Towler's to blame for that one as well, partially so it's, it's individual mistakes that cost us on Tuesday night it's something that I think I know we're going to hear from Bacino later on but it's something that he said to take a lot of learning from which is good to see there's still lots a long way to go and as you asked me as, as the first question was it a touch too far I think individual mistakes proved to us that yes it was unfortunately you mentioned Mayor Tom uh, John Bacino we are going to hear from him now he caught up with Max Swatton on the touchline at Oakwell on Tuesday night to talk about his side's performance against Barnsley well John a tough night what do you put that defeat down to? <laughs> it's a you know, quite a few things. Um, you know, Barnsley were better than us on the night, and we, we made a couple of um, couple of mistakes. I think early on, having seen the you know, seen the first sort of ten fifteen minutes off really well, um, you know, we, we make the mistake, we go a goal down. That, that that's fine. Um, making a mistake, trying to play, we can we can live with that. Uh, it's probably the reaction after that that was was slightly disappointing. I thought we went into our shells a bit and um, yeah when Barnsley got the second it was it was a, you know, a different ball game we just got to make sure that we stay in games at, at 1-0 um, and you know on the other side of it when we get back into games at 2 we'll make sure we stay in them for a bit longer um, because we know we've got the quality on the pitch to, to score goals um, so yeah th- there's a number of factors we could we could put that down to and obviously that's our job to pick the bones out of it and, and go again and, and see where we are on Thursday morning What was the message at half time to the players? The message of half time was, you know, that, that's that's probably the first time in in my uh, eleven games here where I felt a bit disappointed with the reaction to to the goal, and yeah, not not the goal itself. Like I say, no no problem whatsoever. It's just a bit disappointing with disappointed with the reaction, and um, that's what I wanted to see after half time. I wanted to see a reaction. Um, my my message was we were well in this game. Uh, at 2-0 we're absolutely fine you get a goal and, and all of a sudden it changes the entire makeup of the game which which it did and you know, we, we scored really early on I was really pleased with the way that we came out in the second half and uh, unfortunately yeah the third goal just, just kills it off and takes this thing out of the game Colby did get that goal after the break but why do you think maybe the boys couldn't capitalise on that strong spell maybe a little bit more Again, a number of factors. I think the the first one is we're playing a really good side away from home, and they're you know they've they've, they've taken part a lot of sides here. Um, not to say that that we should have been one of them, but uh, you know they they've got a very good game plan, very well organised, and at times we couldn't quite break them down. And and you know I think for the third goal we just possibly get a slightly ahead of the ball a bit carried away and get done giving the ball away and get done on the counter so th- there's there's a huge amount of things that we we're going to be able to put the um put that down to but um yeah i, I think ultimately it was it was a deserved win for barnsley tom lowry back in the starting 11 how do you think he got on yeah i mean it's brilliant to see tom out there for 55 60 minutes that was the, the goal today regardless of whatever the result was or whatever the, the score was at the time um, that's what we knew we could get out of time and we wanted to protect him and make sure that he doesn't go into a part of the game where 
he starts risking injury and so we were well aware of, of the fact that we needed to do that and, and, and do it pretty early in the game and it was yeah really good to see him out there he had some really nice moments and and um, I think it's not just about match fitness with Tom it's about getting him back to the pace of the game especially when you come up against a side who are very um, physical and I don't mean physical in terms of big and going forward all the time they're just they're good runners they're good athletes and and we've got to be able to cope with that 1200 Pompey fans in the away and tonight what's your message to them after their long trip this evening yeah, just um, another one of, of the, they've seen a sort of another uh, defeat against a top six side away from home, and um, that's, that's that's one of the things that we need to really improve upon if we're going to you know, kick on for next season. But um, you know, massive thanks again for for coming all the way up on a very very cold uh, Tuesday night. We we massively need the support. They, I know they sang again all the way till the end. Uh, it's really really brilliant. It's brilliant for the for the lads to have. We need that support. Um, we need them to stick with us. Um, I understand. You know they they weren't particularly pleased with with the first half. I get that completely. Um, but you know we are we we're going to improve and it's going to take a, a bit of time and um, you know sometimes there are going to be performances like that unfortunately that's that's probably where we are it's, it's just about right in terms of I think where we are um, coming away against those top six sides at the moment so yeah stick with us um, and and we'll, we definitely will improve and, and there's no one in that change room that thinks anything other than that. John Mussino speaking very honestly and openly after the game on Tuesday night, Tom. You can tell in his voice how disappointed he is, not only with his team, but with himself as well. Uh, and very sort of open about the fact that he was very deflated about his side's reaction to going a goal behind on Tuesday night, where previous games, such as Bolton, for example, on Tuesday night a few weeks ago at Fratton Park, going a goal behind, react well in the second half uh, and kick on and get the victory. Not quite the same on Tuesday, but he seems to acknowledge it. He seems to acknowledge what is wrong with the team at the moment to be able to change that, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the standout thing for me on Tuesday night was, yeah, we went two goals down and we, we gave ourselves a mountain to climb and, and we all you know at that point that it's probably too much. It's a stretch too far and it would have been absolutely amazing had we got back into the game properly. I think what was really nice to see was when we did get that goal back, actually that 10 minutes where we played our best football which ultimately yes when you're away from home and you get a goal back and the home team a little bit stifled and there's kind of a bit of a change in in the wins but we genuinely if we could have got that back to 2-2 we're looking at a completely different night and I know I'm talking in what ifs again but that for me was so far from Bolton away I'm not talking about Bolton at home Bolton away was the last time we conceded three away from home I think in that kind of fashion or was well we I know we can do we concede three away at Peterborough uh, that was 2-1 well, yeah, so, uh, Plymouth as well conceded Plymouth. three away from home yeah, at Plymouth but uh, I mean first time we conceded three and then didn't score and that yeah. was a completely car crash performance we actually looked like we were getting ourselves back into the game we weren't down and out of it and I think that's probably a marker of the progression under Messino that you've seen you get a goal back in look like you're back in the game ultimately don't get there and then, I mean it's kind of mirrored the Plymouth game you're pushing and pushing and then you yeah. go and concede that third one and there's a, no chance of a 2-2 as a result not for the one for trying Absolutely, absolutely. Linda Mail on the emails has gone in touch saying, whilst there has been an improvement over the last couple of months, especially the win against Bolton, Tuesday's game was a reality check. Barnsley is the uh, RV sixth place team and the gulf between us and them was easily apparent. To reach the top of the division will be no easy task. The pre-season transfer business will be crucial if we are to get out of this league next season. Hopefully we will not have as many long-term injuries. Yeah, you can say that again, Linda. Thank you very much for getting in touch this evening. Right, after the break, 
Jake, myself, Tom and Brendan will be back to pick apart a little bit more from Tuesday's defeat at Oakwell. Later on, we'll also start to preview Pompey's game against Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park this weekend. And we're also going to hear from both Molly Small and Pompey and Community CEO Claire Martin, who earlier this week received an MBE from Princess Anne. And I asked Claire what it was like to meet the princess. She knew about everything we did during the COVID response. She asked where we managed to cook all the meals. Unbelievable. And then we were talking about our fleet of vans and how the city's quite joined up. And she said, oh, yes, well, being an island city, I'm not really surprised. And yeah, her, her depth of knowledge, considering how many of those she has to do, was just phenomenal. More from Claire, as well as myself, Tom and Brendan, when we return in just a few moments' time. You're listening to The Footblower here on Express FM. Stay tuned and don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Welcome back to part two of tonight's instalment of the Footblower here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can track your bus and even prepay for your ticket as well. Okay, so this evening, myself and uh, Tom Chapel and Brendan Tuttiet will be here to uh, a little bit later on preview Pompey's uh, home league match against Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. But first of all, uh, let's take a few moments to hear from both. Claire Martin and Molly Small. We're going to start with the Pompey in the community CEO, Claire Martin, who now is Claire Martin MBE. Uh, She picked up that award earlier this week uh, for her services to the community. And I began by congratulating Claire and asking how proud she felt to receive the honour. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's quite overwhelming, really. Um, I went through it all when it was first awarded and now having collected it as well, it's sort of revisited. So, yeah, it's amazing. And what was it like to meet Princess Anne? I was just incredibly impressed with her knowledge. You know, she said to me, um, so, you know, why are you here sort of thing? And I said, oh, I'm Claire Martin. I head up Pompey in the community at the football club. And she said, oh, I think you do a little bit more than that, don't you? And she knew about everything we did during the COVID response. She asked where we managed to cook all the meals. Unbelievable. And then we were talking about our fleet of vans and how the city's quite joined up. And she said, oh, yes, well, being an island city, I'm not really surprised. And yeah, her her depth of knowledge, considering how many of those she has to do, was just phenomenal. So what has been your proudest moment throughout your career at Pompey and the community so far? I think it was, you know, COVID. The fact that we managed to sort of facilitate that so quickly and the way that the Pompey and the community staff just came together, all volunteered, all just got on with it as if it was sort of their everyday life. And it was the first time I really felt I was running a charity. You know, as a charity, we're a business and it often feels more business than charity. But that was just serving the community, massively busy, incredible privilege to be able to do that, really. An MBE received for your services to the local community. This is a role you've been involved in for quite some time now. Just how much has changed since you first stepped into the PITC building? Well, I joined 22 years ago now, so uh, it's a different role. I was um, working in the study centre as a teacher, which was in the Covers building, which is now the car park behind Northstand. 
Um, that was in Milan Mandrick's time. He um, put his hat on and destroyed that and then stopped the work. So we were temporarily housed elsewhere and then moved back to our present building about 12 years ago. And then first administration, the community department, as was, moved into the study centre. Um, then things evolved and I ended up sort of heading it up and we've been there ever since and grown and um, developed since then. There's been some amazingly phenomenally good times. There's been some challenging times and just about everything in between, really. So it's never dull. A big talking point from this week was International Women's Day on Wednesday. Have you seen an increased level of participation from women and girls across your many programmes, in particular sport? And the football especially. Uh, we run two programmes during most holidays, two on a mixed programme um, for youngsters who prefer to be in a mixed environment and the girls only for the girls who want to just uh, participate. And um, for the last two two holiday courses, that course has sold out quicker than the other. We've been very lucky. You know, Jay Sadler, manager of the girls team, comes along. Um, we have all sorts of other coaches come along and visit the girls and to sort of inspire them. Um, Kirsty. Pierce, who is our head of women and girls program at Pompey in the community. She was played for Pompey, scouted by Reading, um, was general manager for Reading before she came back home to Pompey and now heads up things for us. So we're very privileged having her um, working closely as well, you know, with now our BTEC program. Some of those girls play in the um, development team for Pompey women. So there's there's a really developed pathway for the girls at Pompey, which which helps that participation. You know, we work with after school clubs and things, but generally, yes. And I think after after Wednesday's announcement that the sort of heritage from the Euros of the women's um, game is, you know, that every girl should have the opportunity to participate two hours a week, I think can only be a great thing. CEO of the Pompey in the community, Claire Martin, speaking to myself earlier this week after she received an MBE from Princess Anne earlier in the week. We're going to hear that interview again and a little bit of an extended version when Pompey Live returns on the airwaves tomorrow um, afternoon. We're also going to go over um, all of the upcoming courses in the local community and what the Pompey in the community are currently running. So, yeah, thank you very much to Claire Martin. And once again, a big, big congratulations uh, to not only Claire, but everyone else who received uh, their MBEs earlier this week. And uh, as we sort of move on now to the next Pompey match against Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park this weekend, it is the dedicated um, Her Game 2 fixture that the club and many clubs up and down the country are running on Saturday. Pompey, of course, being one of them. And earlier this week, it was actually earlier today, I spoke with the Pompey Women Development Manager, uh, Molly Small. She is an ambassador for Her Game 2 about what kind of things her game two are doing and why this is a positive step in the right direction to be dedicating fixtures to the campaign. Molly, in the same week as International Women's Day and with this weekend's game against Sheffield Wednesday being Pompey's dedicated her game two fixture, the government have announced a school pledge for every girl in England to be given equal access to football and school sport. How big is this news? The news is absolutely amazing. It's been a long time coming, but it's absolutely fantastic that it's happened on International Women's Day and in the same week as the dedicated games for her game too. It's a positive start and hopefully this momentum will continue through the summer in all sports, not just football, and we can keep promoting for more involvement for girls and women. How much of an impact have the Lionesses winning the Euros last year had on moves such as this? It's had a massive impact. It's a shame it had to take the Lionesses winning and the ladies taking matters into their own hands, but so many girls have looked up to the Lionesses since then, which has made participation increase rapidly. It was only a matter of time. Hopefully this is just the start, as I have no doubt Lionesses will continue to have success both on and off the pitch. 
We touched on it at the start. This weekend's match between Pompey and Sheffield Wednesday has been labelled as the club's Her Game 2 fixture. As an ambassador of Her Game 2, how important is the campaign and its links now to professional football clubs, such as in this case Portsmouth? Her Game 2 campaign is huge and having links to professional clubs means that everyone is starting to get educated in that football and sport is for all. And the more clubs that get involved, the more this gets promoted. We're lucky how many clubs have got involved. Having Her Game 2 ambassadors for everyone to look up to, especially girls, will inspire more girls, women to get involved in sport, whether that's playing, coaching, refereeing, behind the scenes, at clubs like social media, anything. We want to make a difference. And just finally, you've got a big game coming up in a few weeks for Newcastle United development side in the FA Women's National League Reserve Plate Final. How do you prepare for that match? And what's the mood been around the dressing room throughout this run to the final? Who doesn't love a cut run? But our run to the final hasn't consisted of many games with buys and teams pulling out. But the mood for the ones we have played has been amazing. It's always slightly different when you have play in a cut competition as it's a chance to show everyone what kind of team you are. And that's what we've done. Made a little name for ourselves. From the get-go, the girls always wanted Newcastle in the final and were determined to get there. And when they found out that's who they would be playing, they're very excited. Still are, if you ask them now. Portsmouth in Newcastle has a really good ring to it. Preparing for the final hasn't been any different to normal league games. We've tried to manage the girls a little bit so everyone is fit, ready for the game, as no one wants to miss out on an amazing opportunity experience. We were already winners before we even play the game. Reaching the final is something we're all proud of. And a big thank you again to Molly Small, the uh, Pompey Women's Development Manager, for providing her input uh, into her game too and uh, what kind of legacy the uh, England Lionesses have led since their Euro success last year. Once again, you can hear that interview back on Pompey Live tomorrow from two o'clock. Right, uh, let's bring Tom and Brendan back into the conversation. Maybe waiting patiently to, to which their thoughts out. Um, Brendan, we were just going to sort of finalise our, our chat from, from Tuesday night. We'll talk about Colby Bishop's goal um, Colby Bishop a player who's got 19 for the season now one away from that all important 20 mark the last player to hit that for Pompey was Brett Pittman somewhat five years ago now mm-hmm. um, okay that's probably not that long ago but if, if you're a, a side chase and promotion you'd like to think that a 20 goal stroke would be something that you've got within your ranks Colby Bishop despite what we were talking about a few weeks ago after the uh, the miss at Lincoln um, at home to Cheltenham as well perhaps on a, on a dip in form he's proved that nah, that's all rubbish no, he, he's the man, Bish. Uh, I can't think of any other striker um, I'd want at Pompey at the moment. You know, you, you mentioned there Brett Pittman five years ago, last player to hit 20. You, b- before him, you go back to 2003 for Svetoslav Todorov, was the last person to hit 20-plus goals. But um, um, Bishop, has, if we, without, without Bish this year, well, we'd be a lot lower down the table. You know, I think the one thing we're lacking this year is other people scoring goals. I think yeah. it's the wide men. You know, Ronan never got a good run in the team in his natural position. Uh, personally, for me, Dale hasn't done, uh, hasn't contributed enough for um, assists and goals. You know, was it four assists, maybe five assists now, and one goal? You know, for your right winger, Jamal Lowe contributed yeah. ten times that for for Pompey, in my opinion. Um, yeah, just lacking that really. Um, but Bishop, what a player, yeah. and we need to keep hold of him for next season. Yeah. If he's going to be a big, big way, well, a big transfer fee if someone wants to take him off our hands. But for me, he's not for sale. No, not at all. And uh, as, as Brendan highlights there, um, Tom, so important to have a player of his capability, his quality uh, within the ranks as well. And it's not just when Pompey are winning and flying high that uh, Colby Bishop's finding the back of the net, even on Tuesday, um, in a very difficult match away at Barnsley, where Pompey are losing. 
he still finds back of the net. It, to him, it's just... I'm sure it's not but for him it looks like it's just scoring goals that's that's his job and he's doing that I had this conversation with my brother yesterday and we spoke about the, the Cambridge goal and literally he could have head-butted the crossbar if <laughs> the, the amount he just threw himself at it and just went for it and you know the the, the one on Tuesday night is acrobatic it really is it's a really great he's got himself in such a good position he's, he's flying mid-air when he connects with the ball he's he's on the you know he's 10 yards away from the goal it's, it's a, a seriously, seriously good goal Um my one thing, and I absolutely agree with Brendan, is you, you just take Sheffield Wednesday, and I know we're going to chat about this in a moment for an example. They've got goals across the pitch. Michael Smith on 11 in the league, Josh Windass on 10, George Byers on 6, Barry Bannon scored 5, Lee Gregory scored 5, and uh, Daley Bashir has got 4, and so is Liam Palmer. Pompey literally have Colby Bishop on 15 in the league <laughs> and 19 in all competitions, and then the next one down is Ogilvy. It's Ogilvy. Yeah, so, yeah, and we're 4. And, and that's your like, left back as well. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. And, and if, yeah, Riley Towler's joined 4th, and he He's only just got here, and Josh Caroma's fourth as well. He didn't even play for the club anymore, so it's a little bit like, well, and there are a lot of people criticising his, uh, his efforts and well, absolutely. So it, it's kind of it's one of those, isn't it? Yeah. Where yes, goals have been a problem, and it sounds very basic and simplistic to say goals have been a problem, but they really have, and goals completely changed games and completely changed the face of the league. Yeah, uh, Graham and Haven't got involved on the text. Hi, Jake. Hi, all. I'm hoping for tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Paddy Lane may get a starting mm. position instead of Scarlett, as I believe he has more experience than him, and maybe we'll have more threat in attack Scarlett has started the season well but I think you need more experienced heads going into a game against the league leaders I'm going to go for a one-all draw on another point great to hear Chris Kamara receive an NMBE this week an unbelievable legend in his own right thank you very much Graham in Havent for getting in touch big shout out to both Rachel and Rob Anderson for tuning in tonight thank you both very much uh, for your support and for getting in touch um on the text another one here no name on this one though uh, defensively defensively, we were so open on Tuesday night not good enough I've never seen Joe Morrell give the ball away mm. as much as he had done on Tuesday evening but as we've said before we've got no speed up front onto the Wednesday game and we just have to go again but the defence just needs to stay tighter Brendan the defeat to Barnsley at Oakwell on Tuesday night at the time before kick-off Pompey at Occupy 10th position where they do now nine points behind the playoff positions a win um, would have taken them just six points behind the playoffs with that game in hand a defeat as it now has happened means they are now well, actually at the moment it's 11 points between them and the top six it really felt like one of those games that could at the end of the campaign come back to the final yeah definitely it was do or die really I think we mentioned on the channel we needed what at least four points out of these two mm. games you know and uh, sadly the maximum we can get now is three um, yeah it just seems like it's slowly falling away I, it was a big ask anyway to try and make the playoffs because yeah we would need to be um, completely faultless to the end of the season and that's a big ask in itself and with asking that you need other teams to drop points mm. and when you're relying on other teams you know you need to do your job before you know before you need to run on, on other teams and yeah. I think that that spell of games without wins and the draws away the draw away at Morecambe and uh, it was painful Oxford Truth Fleetwood all the one-alls you know you're looking back on those aren't you and you're thinking I personally think you get probably within four points of the playoffs this season yeah. and you think oh if only we touched it wouldn't we but yeah, yeah it's becoming that you know it's still mathematically possible to make it but I, it was a, last season as well do you remember was, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it has been for the last six years yeah, yeah, until Morecambe away wasn't it when we that drew it. Yeah. and that, that sort of put the last nail in the coffin but I, a win at Sheffield Wednesday will get everyone excited again but I think it's still out of our reach yeah it, it's a big 
big ask for Pompey this weekend. Tom Sheffield yep. Wednesday, top of the table. They've not lost a league game since the fourth of October. That was quite literally like five days after my daughter was born. Now she's you know five and a half months old. That's just <laughs> incredible. Um, how does Pompey get around Sheffield Wednesday? Because John Bassino, as things stand, three defeats in his eleven games in charge. They've all come away from home. Mm-hmm. They've all come against sides that are competing for promotion spots: Plymouth Argyle, Barnsley, Peterborough. On paper, they're not not bad results. You know, it's yep. not, not a good result, but it's uh, it's expected. Um, they've, they're not defeats away at Bristol Rovers, Akron, and Stanley. They're yep. defeats to genuinely good teams at home this season. Um, even against Barnsley, Bolton under John Bissino, the Blues still remain unbeaten under him. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's possible to continue tomorrow? Because after that, there's a lot of sides at Fratton Park that are below Pompey on the table. Yeah, you've got Port Vale and Forest Green to look forward to yeah. before March is over at Fratton Park. So, I mean, that's no disrespect to those two teams, but those are places we went and won um, this season and, and hopefully be able to do the same at Fratton Park. I think it's great that it is at Fratton Park tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's really helpful and beneficial to us. You mentioned the games, the losses away from home against Plymouth and Peterborough. I don't think we played badly in those no. two games. I think we were probably the worst out of the three games was when we played against Barnsley on Tuesday night, but we by no means we were completely out of those games. So, yeah, it, it will be a, a chance to for the boys to, and I said this before Tuesday night, but again, Saturday will be a chance for the boys to show exactly what they can do. And, yeah, I think well, you look at it as well. Only lost two games all season at Fratton Park still yeah. in the league and against MK Dons and Charlton, and, and that, those were bad times, really bad times. <laughs> so it, it's not an easy place to go. It's a massive football cliche, but it is not an easy place to go. And let's hope it's not for Sheffield Wednesday to come here on Saturday. Uh, tomorrow either. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, but let's hope that Pompey and the uh, that, that famous... Fratton Park atmosphere can lift the Pompey team over the line to a decent result against Sheffield Wednesday even if the odds are stacked against them. Right, more from myself, Tom and Brendan to come in the third and final part of the Football Hour this evening in just a few moments time. After which we'll also hear the pre-match thoughts of John Messina. He'll be back on the show talking about the quality of his opponent this weekend. I think we'll have to deal with some of their better players and um, you know when I say some of their better players you look across their 11 and they're blessed with a lot of talent in the 11 and on the bench as well and so we'll have to concentrate from the first minute right through to the end and, and mistakes are, are going to be something that um, you know whoever probably makes the fewest mistakes out of the two teams is going to win the games stick around the football hour returns next this is the football hour 93.7 express fm go by bus go greener with stagecoach next stop a cleaner greener future Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the third and final time to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. You join us here, myself, Jake Smith, alongside Tom Chappell and Brendan Tuttiet from the 4-0 Written All Over at YouTube channel. And before we come on to uh, take a little bit of a closer look at Sheffield Wednesday, we highlighted earlier in the show about the fact they've not lost a league game since October. Um, but Brendan has got another stat about <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday and Pompey. And 
if you're looking for a win tomorrow, Blues fans, I'd put your fingers in your ears for the next <laughs> 10 seconds or so. Yeah, because the, uh, the last time we defeated Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park was in the year 2000. Is Stevie Claridge, as the caretaker manager, getting the uh, the winner as well? I was not alive. No, I think I was. <laughs> I, I had Stevie Claridge's poster on my wall as a kid. And obviously a goal from Thomas Torgerson as well, which is another niche Pompey name. <laughs> Since that win, I've gone to school left school gone to college been managed by Steve Claridge who used to be my manager um, classic retired from playing joined the hot seat here at Express and we still haven't beat Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow's a chance to do that tomorrow's a chance to do that Uh, Darren Moore was probably playing for Pompey at the time as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly Um, brilliant there's no point doing the next 15 minutes as well because it's just not going to happen even more with uh, 2023 Sheffield Wednesday the side Pompey will be looking to beat on this occasion Mason Jordan has the lowdown on Darren Moore's outfit Tuesday's loss at Barnsley was Pompey's first since they suffered a defeat by the same scoreline away at Plymouth a month ago This weekend, they go from playing one South Yorkshire side to another, although this time it's on home turf. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. It's Sheffield Wednesday who make the trip down to PO4 for the Blues' 35th league match of the season. In the reverse fixture, which fell on the opening day of the campaign back in July, the sides shed the spoils in a thrilling three-all draw at Hillsborough. We now take a deeper look into the Owls. Manager. Wednesday are managed by former Pompey defender Darren more. The 48-year-old has been in charge of the side since March 2021, making headlines in South Yorkshire following a shock move from county rivals Doncaster Rovers, who at the time were chasing a playoff place in League One. The Owls were struggling in the second tier when Moore took over and unfortunately for them, his arrival was not enough to drive them to safety. However, the board of directors kept their faith in him to get them back up to the championship. Since taking over from caretaker Neil Thompson just two years ago, Moore has claimed a victory in 58 of his 113 competitive games in charge. One to watch. Ex-Pompey midfielder George Byers, who was at Fratton Park on an end-of-season loan from Swansea City in 2021, is currently the club's third top scorer this campaign. The Wednesday number 14 joined Darren Moore's side in the summer of 2021 for an undisclosed fee from the Swans and has since found the back of the net on 12 occasions. Byers has scored six goals in this term, all in League One. Only two of his teammates have managed to bag more. Top scorer. It's another former Blues player under the spotlight here. Michael Smith is the Owls' leading scorer at present. The striker, who spent a season and a half at Fratton Park, is tied with Josh Windass as Wednesday's top scorer across all competitions this season however Smith has contributed to more in the league this season the forward has been wearing the number 24 shirt current form Darren Moore's side are the side to beat in League One as things stand Wednesday is sitting comfortably at the top of League One on 74 points that's level with second place Plymouth Argyle but have played two games fewer the Owls are five points ahead of Ipswich in third and two games in hand on them as well if you thought those stats are a little bit frightening, Blues fans, just wait until you hear when the last time Wednesday suffered a league defeat. It was on the 4th of October when Plymouth beat them 2-1 at home park, meaning they have since gone 21 league matches unbeaten. They're currently on a run of four straight wins. 
Can the Blues miraculously find a way through this Sheffield Wednesday team or will they end the week without a league victory from two attempts to do so? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Tough, tough ask for John Messino's side. We've already spoken about that so far on the show this evening, Tom. But... Sold out Fratton Park. Yes. For the visit of Sheffield Wednesday, who will be in a reduced capacity. They will. Milton End. But it's almost done, that little it is. bit, isn't yeah. it? It's getting there. And it's looking fantastic, by mm. the way. Um, Steve Cripps and his team at PMC have done a fantastic job of that. <laughs> and to be honest, I was going to ask you, Tom, what do you think that that sort of work that's being done will do to the atmosphere and, and maybe help influence Pompey mm-hmm. in, in tomorrow's game with Fratton, Fratton Park getting behind them and a, and a reduced amount of Sheffield Wednesday fans who haven't stopped crying about that <laughs> by the way but my question on Tuesday was also the same thing Barnsley had a big stand yes. close it didn't phase them at all no. so will the same apply tomorrow or do you think Fratton Park is a little bit different I think it's, it's different when you're at home isn't it and I think you can generate an atmosphere regardless and we were just saying while we were listening to the um, the preview of, of tomorrow that no matter the result on Tuesday night beforehand we were all thinking it's still going to be a rocking atmosphere it's mm. two massive teams at this level and one of them sadly is almost certainly not going to be in the division and this fixture probably won't happen again for a couple of years but at the same time I'm still really looking forward to it and I still think we'll generate an atmosphere yeah they've got a slightly reduced capacity mm. I don't think that'll phase because I think they travel incredibly well anyway, Sheffield Wednesday, and I think they're renowned for travelling as 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 well as we do um, up and down the country, and and they've they've always got a lot of credit for that, and so have we. So I think it two tasty atmospheres, two teams that will be well up for it, will be wanting to put on a show. Show will they? That, I mean, their season's not done, by the way. No, I mean, then no. it's not like they're running away with it. I know they've got a couple of games in hand, but they're by no means you know on the beach at all, um, and and neither are we. So it well, makes as, for an as exciting. We know, games in hand don't mean anything. You no, need, they you don't. Need points on the board. You do, yes, yeah. um, and which is it proves the point even more that they yeah. are going to be well up for it and they're going to be fighting for it and uh, yeah makes for a really exciting afternoon I'm very much looking forward to it some team news from Andy Moon um, Josh Oluwimi missed Tuesday night against Barnsley due to illness but should be back for this weekend not obviously a lot more on the likes of Marlon Pack who we know is still out injured for likely for the rest of the month a tweet from Tuesday night Matt Drebble says huge golf between the sides hard to think of a single area in which Pompey were better the Blues were so one dimensional they can score from crosses support so yeah. they were better one area sorry yeah support that's it <laughs> yeah the fans yeah that's yeah, what I was saying yeah. sorry carry on <laughs> I was going to say the support to Colby Bishop wasn't bad <laughs> <laughs> they can score from crosses and score from set pieces but if stopped from doing that uh, then what else do they have in their locker Luke Ellis says the season did not end on Tuesday night it ended when we won one game in 15 matches trying to be positive 20 points from 11 is a really good start from Messino mm-hmm. it's true we need another summer rebuild um, and it is in needed but maybe Messino and uh, Richard Hughes will get it right this time fingers crossed Luke Ellis on Twitter. Right, let's hear from the man himself now. Once again, John Messino speaking to Max Swatton, this time previewing the visit of Sheffield Wednesday to Frant Park. And Max first asked how his side have reacted to Tuesday's defeat at Oakwell. Yeah, they've reacted really well, just as we'd expect them to react. Uh, came in this morning with a, with a spring in the step. They've got the disappointment out of the system, which we wanted them to do, just to be disappointed on the bus on the way home. Probably a bit more um, disappointment yesterday and, and make sure that they review the game and go over all the things that, that didn't go quite so well and obviously the things that went well as well and yeah they've, they've come back we've, uh, we've we've done the meeting on the game and put that to bed and we're going to move on to Saturday Now we've spoken about it before but whereabouts are the team now in terms of where you'd like them to be? 
I mean, it's a really good question. I think uh, the, the the recent form gives you a good indication of where they can be when they're at the top of their game, and probably the the you know the three away losses to top six sides gives you a good indication of where we need to improve and where we need to get to, particularly because those those three sides. Um, I mean, maybe Peterborough not at the moment, but. Um, yeah, they've, they've certainly got the capability of doing it those, where those three sides are and, and what they've actually managed to achieve this season. How organised they are, how fit they are, how they stick to their game plan, they do it very, very well. So really, really good test and a good barometer, I think, just to sort of check where we are. Um, and, and again, really good thing to strive towards. What do you think needs to be done to turn those results around, possibly against those top six sides? I, th- I think there's plenty. Yeah, there's, there's a huge amount of scope for improvement and... Uh, you know we've got um, players coming back from from injury, which is going to help. Where you know we've we've got mistakes that we've made in the game that certainly haven't um, helped the overall, I suppose, momentum. Uh, and then uh, you know there's just a load of work to do. To be honest, there's there's been limited amount of time to to actually get out on the training pitch and, and work with the boys. And so credit to them in terms of the performances over the past few weeks because it's just been um, the lads going and going again and coming in with a sort of a light session and a preparation for the next day and really working hard to make sure that they're just ready to play the games. And uh, there's sometimes a frustration as a, as a coach or a, as, a, um, as a coaching staff because we'd like to get a bit more into them at the training, on the training pitch. And, um, you know, eventually when things settle down, we'll be able to do that. But um, at the moment, I think there's, you know, there are plenty of points of improvement. We know that there's, there's plenty that we need to get better at. And the more time we have out there, I'm, I'm sure the better we'll be. Now, one of those top six sides, Sheffield Wednesday, they sit top of the league. How tough of a test are you anticipating on Saturday? Yeah, one of the toughest, really, with, with Sheffield Wednesday, the form they're in, the fact that they're a real high flyer in this league and, um, um, you know, certainly one of the biggest clubs around. And, and they've got excellent players. They've got excellent players, uh, well drilled by, by Darren Moore, who's, who's now had a bit of time in charge there and has got them going. So I think we expect what, um, you know, what we would expect against Sheffield Wednesday to, to not be able to put it any better than that. Uh, a really good side, top of the league, and they're going to come and give us a, a really, really tough challenge. You've obviously done all your analysis, you've done all your research into the game. So what do you think your boys will need to do in, in, terms to, in order to, to get a result? I think we'll have to deal with some of their better players. And um, you know, when I say some of their better players, you look across their 11 and they're blessed with a lot of talent in the 11 and on the bench as well. And so we'll have to concentrate from the first minute right through to the end. And, and mistakes are, are going to be something that um, you know, whoever probably makes the fewest mistakes out of the two teams is going to win the game. So we have to make sure we keep those two in minimal. Uh, a minimum and and really just perform to top levels again uh, and to make sure that we, we switch on against their shape um, we're, we're quick in transition and we get the ball out wide and, and cause them a few problems and yeah we, we, we've come up with, with a game plan today and um, you know we'll stick to it and hopefully it's the one that wins us the game Jane Mingi has recently returned from injury he's been 19th man just on the last couple of games how's he doing and how far away is he from possibly returning to the matchday squad? Yeah, Jay's been good. He picked up a, a little bit of a knock on on Monday, so even though he travelled on Tuesday, he wasn't quite fit enough to make the bench, uh, unfortunately. So again, it's it's about reassessing how Jay was today. He trained today. He's back at it. We'll see how he is tomorrow and make sure everything's settled down with him. Um, and then really, the plan was that at some point this week, he's probably ready to return for selection. And just finally, in terms of other injury news, Clark Robertson, Zach Swanson, how are they doing? Any other boys to be concerned about as well? Yeah, Clark's doing really well. Uh, another four weeks worth of training for Clark and the plan really, if, if everything goes well over the next couple of days, is for Clark to be available 
on Monday for selection. Uh, Zach is still a couple of weeks behind. There's still a few issues that he's having with his groin, so we're just making sure we uh, we take that slowly. Uh, I think he's seen a specialist this week just to, to make sure everything's progressing in terms of his rehab there. And yeah, fingers crossed we'll, we'll have Zach available probably within the next couple of weeks. The pre-match thoughts of John Musino speaking to Max Watson at the training grounds earlier this week, previewing the uh, visit of Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. Just a few things to mention. As we've already highlighted this evening, it is Pompey He's dedicated her game to fixture. There'll be plenty of things happening before the game and around the ground. Um, we know there'll be quite a few Pompey women's players um, sort of walking around, going to the fan zone, participating in a few um, few activities. If you like to join in, meet the team, um, they'd be more than happy to come and say hello. Uh, there'll be a few more f- food trucks, I believe, at Fratton Park tomorrow. Uh, we know there's the big Piglet's Pantry bar behind the Fratton end. Great steak and oh, egg oh, oh, yeah, fantastic food. They are second to none. Those yeah. sausage rolls. Ooh. But I think. Uh, weather permitting I think there's a few more things he said it was going to rain at the top of the show before the news I think or after the news Tom's might go down Brendan how are you mate (laughs) yeah all good yeah 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 Yeah, keep him out yeah it's my channel now (laughs) (laughs) cheers Tom it's not it's not it's not going to rain tomorrow well I didn't think it was that's why I thought why did you say that because it doesn't look like it's getting to bring bring your brolly for filming Tom bring a couple of brollies there'll be nice things going on behind the fraternet Yes. I like that. Rain or no rain. Absolutely. Or no sun or no sun. Good pints of inches. It's not yeah. spo- it's not sponsored, but yeah, good pints no. of inches. Yeah. Lovely. So yeah. plenty to look forward to. Oh absolutely. Tom will be there recording. Of course. Come and say hello. Come and meet Andrew. Yeah, come, <laughs> come and meet Andrew. Come and meet Andrew and Tom. <laughs> right. Um Stroke, stroke Owen's beard. <laughs> score? Score. Two all. Two not ooh. For the first time ever, I don't think Tom said 4 0. Because it's not going to be, is it? Come it on. could be. <laughs> to who? Well, it could be. An optimistic 2 2. A barnstormer like at the start of the season. Very similar kind oh, of game, I'm expecting. That was beautiful. What a, what a day out that was. Great day. Yeah. Cheers, thought, Tom. You know, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that, that, sh- that Wednesday away is then instead of now. But yeah, sorry. Um, I'm going to um, go for a 3 2 Pompey. I'm going for a win. Pompey. We'll absolutely it. take that. Cheers, Brendan. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Brendan. I'm going to go for a 1 0 draw. A little bit less optimistic. Optimistic. You can join us here on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon from two o'clock. Myself, Jay Sadler, and Grace Laidlaw. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey's good run of form came to an end on Tuesday night as they lost 3 1 away at Barnsley. And and Devontae Cole, and Barnsley have got themselves a third goal. The second of the Blues games this week comes to save face top of the table Sheffield Wednesday at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. Yeah, that's right. Robbie is taking the weekend off, so you've got myself presenting from a hot seat alongside Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler and uh, Grace Laidlaw as well. It'll be great to have Grace on the show. We're going to hear on the show tomorrow between 2 and 6 o'clock. We'll have that interview with Claire Martin, MBE again. We'll hear from Molly Small as well as Ian Chiverton and Pompey women's forward Ella, Ella Humphrey who previews uh, Sunday's clash with Plymouth Argyle for the Pompey women. That game has been moved from Wesley Park to the uh, PMC Stadium at Baffins Milton Rovers. So two o'clock kickoff on Sunday for the Pompey women at the PMC Stadium against Plymouth Argyle. You can hear more on that game on Pompey Live between two and six tomorrow afternoon, where myself, Jane Grace, will be providing all of the post-match, pre-match, half-time analysis of Pompey versus Sheffield Wednesday. Tom Chappell's going for a two-all draw. Tom, thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight. You're welcome. See you tomorrow. Uh, Brendan's gone for a three-two victory. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, Brendan? Oh, definitely. Yeah, buzzing for this game. Yeah. Cheers, Brendan. 
Brendan. Thank, thank you very much for coming on. No, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. And thank you very much, of course, to everyone who's tuned in and got in touch on the text, tweets and emails on the show this evening. And just a final note, if you are heading to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon, there will be a minute's applause on the 29th minute for George Williams, Pompey fan, who sadly lost his life earlier this month. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Have a good weekend and I'll see you tomorrow. Play out Pompey and good night.